0: Welcome to the Big Mike Fun Podcast. We learn about advanced wealth building strategies from real estate investing to creating massive ROI and secure retirement profits. So pour yourself a cup of coffee, grab a notepad, and lean in. Because Big Mike has got the life starting now. Welcome to the
1: Big Mike Fun Podcast. I'm the Big Mike. Mike Zlatnik. Today it is my pleasure and a privilege to welcome my first guest from the NFL, Dean Rogers. Hi, Dean.
0: Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for having me, Mike.
1: Thank you very much, Dean, for coming on the, on the podcast. So it's from NFL to real estate—that's that's, that's, that's the, the the punchline. Tell us a little bit about Dean first. Uh, where you live? Family, cat, kid, kids, cats, pets, whatever works for you.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, where I'm at right now, I live in La Jolla, San you know San Diego, and uh, got three kids. Married my high school sweetheart. Got a fourth kid on the way. And um, we're just busy, man. A busy life,
1: <laughs> yeah. I know the, dr- the drill. I have, um, you know, happily married to a wonderful wife. I have also four kids and a cat.
0: So, Heck yeah, you, nice. you, you got
1: three and a fourth on the way, so you're catching up in a matter of speaking, yeah. So, uh, tell us a little bit about um, your NFL career. Uh, when did you join? Uh, how long you played? What position you played? and how was your adventure in NFL?
0: Yeah, so uh, the 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 short story leading to the NFL was, you know, it's what I always wanted to do growing up. Um, always wrote it down as, what do you want to be when you grow up? I put professional athlete and, you know, always what I wanted to do, but I grew up in a small town, Central California. All there was is really go to school and play sports. Um, uh, so, I wasn't busy chasing girls at the beach or, you know, doing anything like that. Like, uh, my kids are going to have the opportunity to, so it was just sports, you know, it's like all I wanted to do and, um, you know, went through high school, did great, uh, went through college, did great and, you know, got recruited. And then, uh, that year was actually the year of the lockout. And so it was a much different experience, not the normal type of communication with the teams, even though I had all, you know, uh, maybe 10 different teams I was talking with. Um, there was a point in time where it was like radio silence for six months. So all I was doing was training with other NFL guys and kind of waiting to see what happened. And the lockout lifted, got the call from the chargers. And they're like, yo, you got your bags packed. You're starting tomorrow morning. You're getting on a plane tomorrow morning and we'll see you in San Diego. So, um, it happened that quick. There I go. I show up, uh, rolling, roll into town and, uh, you know, they take me through having me introduce the team, uh, guys on the team and giving me a physical. And, uh, there I am, I'm in the general manager's office signing a, a three-year contract and there I go. I'm on the team. Like you you start practice tomorrow, you know, I go get my Pretty equipment. Cool. Uh, and it was like, Oh crap. Okay. This is crazy. So, um, it, it was super surreal. Like that whole experience at the very beginning was like insanely surreal. Cause just imagine not one week earlier all all i was doing was training and working out and you know doing sprints and playing video games and like i'm playing video games with the guys who are now in the locker with me you know philip rivers four lockers away from me antonio gates five lockers away from me like i'm now playing i'm like on the team with the guys i was just playing with on video games so um it was pretty nuts and uh now, one of the things that happened when I got there is they actually moved my position. So I played running back in high school. I played tight end in college. And then um, they they signed me as a fullback. And at first, I was not, not too excited about it because I'd rather play tight end. But, you know, it was an opportunity. I wasn't going to turn it down and say, no, I'll just wait for the next call. You, know? <laughs> you better you better take that opportunity. So um yeah, man, got right into it. Day one, full pads. We're hitting. Um, I'm playing fullback. The first play I'm in, we run a counter. I come flying around the corner and and my job was to block the strong safety coming off the edge. Who's pro bowler, Bob Sanders. And he's screaming off the edge and I light him up and North Turner just throws his clipboard. He's like, there you go, Rogers. Like he's stoked. And I'm like, oh, damn, this is cool, you know? Um, And there I was, I was playing great, feeling great and felt amazing. And I have, you know, North Turner stopping me in the hallways telling me I'm going to have a long career. And I'm like, Holy crap. Like, this is cool. And, uh, but playing fullback now I was immediately feeling cause I'm playing against, you know, the biggest, strongest, and best in, in the world. And, um, and guys that are just as big as me, just as fast as me having head on collisions every single day, I had this this realization, like, okay, I feel amazing from the neck down, but now my head hurts. Like, it legitimately hurts because I'm hitting my head against people running full speed, trying to kill them, and they're trying to kill me too. So um, I was feeling it right away. I'd go back after practice, icing my head, and it just it was a sick feeling that came over me to know that, dude, if I keep doing this. Um, I'm going to be a vegetable. And, you know, I played in the games and was playing great, felt great. The games were easier than practice because I wasn't hitting my head as much, you know, (laughs) there was less repetition of hitting my head. And so the games were fun, but uh, the practices is where it really started to take a toll. And so, um, yeah, I just, I made the hardest decision of my life and hung up the cleats. Uh, you know, junior Sal killed himself that year. Uh, ESPN was talking about concussions and just I just had this feeling that I knew, sure, I could go down the journey of, well, let me try to get my position changed back, Let me try to go to a different team. But I just had this feeling that I got to move on and didn't really spend too much time thinking about it, even though it was really hard. Uh, I just knew that all right let's let's just move on to the next chapter wow well, that that
1: takes courage to um say no to NFL. And to jump into something else. So now let's continue your journey, uh, and we'll, we'll ask the questions with lessons you learn. And one of the lessons, be pretty obvious to me, is uh, uh, per- pursuing a profession that is very risky to your health yeah. uh, is not worth whatever money. Although plenty of guys do this because it's a big payday. But uh,
0: big payday. Point- I mean, shoot, I, I walked away from a seven-figure contract to going into corporate. I had a good buddy out of college who pretty much called me up right away. Hey, I know you're done, but I got a great opportunity for you. Walked me in the door. I went from seven-figure contract to $65,000 salary, but <laughs> it was still a good <laughs> opportunity that I was excited about. And I knew like, all right, I'm going to show them what's up. I'm going to put in my work. I'm going to get you know results and they're going to give me this big payday. One After one year doing that, they gave me a big pay raise of $2,000.
1: Welcome to the co- corporate world.
0: Welcome yeah. to the corporate world. So, I was like, whoa, this is not going to get me back to the abundance and and lifestyle that I just left, which was, you know, the pinnacle of what you could dream and hope for, of access to so many things that that one would work hard for, um, to now being like constrained and and living in now San Francisco and everything's expensive and this was not going to get me to where I wanted to get. I mean, I wanted to provide for my family and, you know, create generational wealth and like be the guy, you know, that, that built that. Um, And this wasn't going to do it. So Mike, I got on, I did what most people do. I got on Google. Um, I kind of thought, well, what is it else that I could do? What else do I like? I liked real estate. Um, I remember Dean Graciosi late night infomercials, watching those as a teenager at 2 AM in the morning and uh, dude, I just typed in how to get started in real estate, found a free podcast, Sean Terry's Flip to Freedom podcast, and uh, became obsessed and just took it from there, man. Did my first deal in three months and uh, just ran with it, became absolutely obsessed with it.
1: That's really cool. <laughs> I know Sean pretty well. Oh yeah, there's, there's a lot of sharp educators and, and uh, he, he's a good cat. And yeah. it's it's very impressive for you to kind of just furiously move forward uh, and make the decision to control your own destiny. So um, how did you evolve, succeed? Uh, you're now in San Diego. So how did you wind up in San Diego, La Jolla? And um, where do you do business in real estate and what kind of deal do you do?
0: Yeah. So when I started this real estate journey while I was in San Francisco working in corporate, um, I realized that. Real, San Francisco real estate was scary to me. I didn't understand it. You know, everything's on top of each other. I didn't grow up in a big city, so it just was kind of confusing to me to understand it. And so I, I did what Sean Terry told me to do. He was telling me, oh, he's investing in Phoenix and Glendale and other different places uh, in Arizona. And so I just literally didn't even overthink it. I just marketed and did the marketing strategies he was talking about in his own market. And so my first deal was actually co-wholesaling it with Sean Terry and then my next couple as well. So (laughs) I I just took it word for word and put it to practice, took action and got results. And then I had enough money to then uh, put back into the business, right? I wanted proof of concept. This worked uh, instead of just throwing money at it. So I got money from that and I reinvested it in marketing in my own market where I grew up. I grew up in Central California. Houses, you know, investment price wise are two three hundred thousand dollars houses, and they were you know houses built in the fifties track homes, houses built in the sixties and seventies, eighties and nineties, and easy to understand. And so started marketing there, getting calls from the postcards that I was sending out, and having these conversations and developing the skills around it, and was uh, was a one man show for a year, and then I found my business partner. And um, and then he just was like, hey, you keep wholesaling me deals. You're really good at finding deals. Let's do flips together. But just keep doing what you're doing. Bring the deals. I'll bring the rest of the, the construction and the funding together and we'll do deals together. So um, there's some bumps in the road along my story, which I got to share because it's not all rainbows and butterflies. Uh, my first flips, we rushed into my partner from central California was like, Hey, you know what? Things are slowing down here a little bit, but I know you were doing deals in Arizona. Let's, let's do some deals there. Let's check it out. So I went back to some of my old contacts and quickly we bought six properties within a month and a half. Four of them turned out fine. The other two lost hundred thousand dollars. And for me at the time was not a good time to lose hundred thousand dollars. Uh, it set me back. And so, you know, I just stare myself in the, in the mirror and realize like, okay, you got to put on your big boy pants. You got to go to work. You got to figure this out and overcome this obstacle. And this is, this is the real world. It's not like, you know, you fell down and someone's there to pick you up. Uh, you're on your own. And, you know, these, these were some of the early lessons I had to learn as a, as a young adult in this new, you know, professional world. And so, I um, overcame that. We started doing more flips, 20 flips that that next you know that year um, in our local market. Then it scaled to somewhere around 40 to 50 the next year. Then we scaled it to 70 to 80. Then we scaled it to 100. So we were doing a bunch of flips and um, and keeping really busy. And then we got to a point in that business where we realized, hey, we keep doing more flips, which results in just a a, a cash problem because all these flips just revolving door, as we have profits come in from the flips we just did, they're going right back out for the new projects we're taking on. And um, and we were having a money management problem where just always, I always felt broke. And I was working hard. I was getting results. And the P&L said I was doing pretty good, but I just felt broke all the time. And so um, we decided to kind of pivot and realize that we were really good at finding deals, but not so good at doing too many flips because of the cash uh, situation and like a law of diminishing returns. We started going over budget over over, uh, over time on our projects. So um, we got into wholesaling as our main kind of bread and butter because we're good at finding deals. And then we got into doing a couple flips at a time and then realized, had this light bulb moment. I'm not going to build wealth for myself and my family Unless I start holding on to these things, so I started keeping these properties that we could have flipped or wholesaled as rentals. And now, just in the past four years since 2018, my partner and I have have grown it to you know a 10 million dollar portfolio. And so um, for me, that's exciting to know. If I do nothing else, right, appreciation in itself is going to take care of that and grow that over the next 10, 20, 30 years to where my kids are gonna be really well off and I'm gonna have a really nice retirement plan. And um, and naturally I can't help myself, I'm gonna keep you know adding more stuff to it. So uh, that's kind of where we pivoted now. And then um, kind of the more exciting things over the past couple of years is just us growing our team and uh, and some of the newer things that we've been doing in our business.
1: That's awesome, that's great to hear. Uh, yeah that realization from current income flipping to building wealth through holding assets for a substantial amount of time uh that, well that's that's the most fundamental um question or or or, or, or uh, opportunity in real estate is your, are you better off flipping uh or are you better, better off keeping and there's no right or wrong answer it really depends. How, how well you acquired these assets and if you can keep them, can you refinance and get the cash out and continue the uh, the journey? So that yes. makes a lot of sense. So what kind of just curious, what kind of volume do you do now? How many deals you wholesale? Uh, yeah how, how many how, how many rentals do you have with you and your partner? like what, what, what how many assets?
0: Yeah, so 60, 60 doors is what we have. So sixty rentals. and the last year, Okay, last year we did 108 deals. This year we're on target to do. We'll see because the months fluctuate, but you know we'll probably do somewhere between 120, 140 deals, uh, depending upon how it all shakes out. That's pretty and, good uh, wholesaling,
1: right? In 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 Central California, mostly.
0: Yep, and those those 120 to 140 are going to make up of primarily wholesales, but there's also you know a sprinkle of flips in there too. We've We've made out really well on some flips late, lately. One to one to brag about. You know, we had a hundred and forty-seven thousand dollars profit deal uh, we just closed a couple weeks ago. Um, several fifty thousand dollars deals, um, a couple forty thousand dollars deals that were just easy, quick in and out flips. Literally doing almost nothing to them, and those are the kind of ones that we like and want to do. Um, we just picked up another one last week. We closed this deal, Mike, in 24 hours. We opened escrow Wednesday morning. We told escrow we wanted to go lightning fast. Pull out every all hands on deck. This is a, a deal. The seller wants cash fast. We don't want them to change their mind and try to go to someone else. We need this deal closed because it's a big whale, and this one's going to be you know $125,000 deal, a lipstick kind of a job, and uh, and one that we're we're definitely excited about. So. We've been having opportunities like that come come to the table, and uh, that just comes with staying disciplined and sticking with it. And um, had lots of base hits, you know, lots of base hits yeah. in the game. I keep using this baseball analogy. Lots of base hits. I'll get some doubles and triples here and there. An occasional home run, not that often. I like to just admit it. Um, and, boy, have I struck out a handful of times pretty big, too. And, um, but it's just that consistency of showing up (laughs) and putting in the work to, to, you know, get your results that you're hoping for.
1: I appreciate that. I'm going to ask you a tough question. Um, What's the equivalent of these singles as a running back? Is it like a four year, sorry, four yard run? Is it, what, what's a single for running back in football? Just curious.
0: Yeah. Boy, a single for a running back in, in football, you're probably looking at, uh, you know, five to 10 yards, you know? Um, uh, to, which, to me, it sounds a lot
1: more than a single, five to 10. Isn't average, most of the average, uh, I forgive me, I don't know. Per, yards per carry, it's like, it's like well, yeah, two or three four, yards. Four, four, four per
0: attempt is like four yards, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So So maybe it's more around that, but. Um, what that translates for us in our business, you know, we're looking for an average profit per deal at $20,000. Um, and this is Central, Central California. Central California, yeah. Um, and so, some is of it those mostly
1: are, wholesaling or wholesaling? Would you express that
0: you, you close in the deal, you put it on the market
1: on, on, yeah. on MLS? Is it mostly, mostly wholesaling or you try to lock up the contract and flip the contract?
0: Yeah, mostly wholesaling. So we're to where we don't own it for one day.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So it's it certainly um, uh, makes a ton of sense. I know a lot of guys in the space. I originally I met Sean Terry through the Collective Genius Mastermind. I still go to that. I'm I'm a super veteran of that group. And uh, I know we're recording a podcast, but I don't know if you ever heard of the Collective Genius Mastermind. Of course, yeah. So it's maybe for you to maybe a place for you to check out. It's uh, it's a pretty. Uh, yeah, the 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 group has a lot of movers and shakers, and and I'm there, and I I don't do any of the um, what you do. We we do commercial real estate, but plenty of guys do what you do. So it's it's a very you know something to to, to talk another time. Anyway, lessons learned. So back to uh, kind of NFL career into the last few years of real estate. Um, obviously, wealth building versus uh, transactional revenue. It's a great lessons learned, but uh, what else? What have you learned from the failures? What have you learned from the deals that you lost money on?
0: Uh, you know what? The biggest biggest lessons were so simple. Um, the money I lost on the, those first ever flips I did in Arizona, and my next bigot or my biggest loss, but my but not my first was actually in San Diego looking to do a new construction ground up uh ground up deal and it was someone in my circle somebody that was presumably trustworthy um even though they would say some weird kind of gray line gray area things sometimes that should have sparked red flags um they were in our circle of trust and they were you know doing deals with other people and those deals were getting done and it was like okay I I want to I wanted to at that point in time, was forcing the deal. I, and and one of the biggest lessons, just to say it out loud is, um, it's better to not do a deal than a bad deal, right? You don't have to do the next deal. And if you're mentally in this place where you think, man, I really need to do a deal now. I need to make some money, then you're gonna you're gonna put yourself in a bad spot sometimes because you're gonna make, you know, maybe not rational decisions. So this deal, he had, you know, he was a wolf in sheep's clothing. He had seemingly seemingly everything in place ready to go to ground up new construction. And everything was was good. But um as soon as I bought into the deal, immediately as we tried to get the ball rolling, because he told me, like, hey, we close on this Friday. I'll be there with you know, shovels will be moving dirt on Saturday, would say this to me. Um, and immediately the everything started to unravel. Uh, the civil engineers not paid. The architects not paid. Uh, the hard money lender uh, that was in place had already had money withdrawn based on fake receipts that he provided and was just blown on other stuff. Like It was just a nightmare. And I lost $187,000 on that deal. Um, yeah, it's, it sounds you, like that it really one was one piece drawing. of dirt moved, Mike. <laughs> that one piece of dirt moved um, and, and me having lost that. But I got out of it because I knew... It was in such a hole that uh, it wasn't going to come out better if I had kept it and finished it.
1: Yeah, that's That's a thank you for sharing. It's not easy to share. uh, Kind of losers, but you learn a lot from losers than from the you do. You barely ever remember the mistakes on the winners, typically. Yeah, (laughs) but the big lessons the losers
0: the the biggest lesson on any loss that I've had. I sadly got swindled by some guy who was uh, presumably some hotshot coach, real estate coach who was further along than me. And I was at the place where, yes, I want to take things to the next level. I want someone to to help me and show me what they're doing, Um, right? We're always looking to get better. And uh, every single one of these scenarios, Mike, it would just required one more phone call. One more phone call. It sounds so simple and obvious that All you would need is one more phone call for your due diligence. But each time I was kind of eager to pull the trigger and felt comfortable enough because I've always surrounded myself with good people. I always believe the best intentions in people. Um, But I found myself rushing into those deals rather than making one more phone call. If it was Arizona, for instance, if I made one more phone call, I would have found out the contractor we hired was a total POS and didn't do good work. He didn't show up. He didn't pay his workers like all these bad things. And I wouldn't have gotten a bad spot. Um, If we would have called one more agent for those Arizona flips, we would have found out that the comps that they were using were the ones across the street and those weren't apples for apples. And so just a couple more phone calls on that situation saves me a bunch of headache at a time that didn't make sense. On on the, the deal here in San Diego the the bad guy who uh, who took me took me for a ride um, that guy if I would have made one phone call to the hard money lender who I knew I knew the hard money lender if I would have made one phone call or hey you know what let me see who the architect is on these plans let me make sure these plans are ready to go one phone call they would have said no way this bozo hasn't even paid us the plans aren't even close to being ready you know like we've been waiting for our payment we haven't moved forward. So, uh, that one more phone call, Mike, could have saved me lots of money and pain.
1: Well, live and learn. Uh, I'm glad that you – thank you for sharing. And uh, hopefully, you learned the lesson. You do yeah. sometimes <laughs> hard. And, you, you gotta do it. It and nobody's going to do it for you. you can't, no
0: one's going to do it for you.
1: Not, not only that, uh, it takes a long time to build trust. If you go into new relationships, you have to be extra careful because of obvious reasons. You don't know who they are. And yeah. they could be great folks or they could be shysters. Anyway, but let's sw- switch um, and just ask. Give me a couple of great successes you had. You obviously shared some of the challenging situations, and what, what were your biggest winners, successes, and what ha- what have you learned uh, from those experiences?
0: I'd say I'm I'm just been Mr. Consistent. I can't say uh, you know I've had a, a five hundred thousand dollar profit deal or a million dollar profit deal um, as much as I'm I'm searching for those deals. Um, but I'd just say the the thing that makes me feel good about my career so far is I've just continued to progress and move forward despite some of these setbacks. Each year I've continued to get better and better, right? We have a seven-figure business now. We've got eight employees and uh, in the rental portfolio, like I mentioned, that's you know right around that $10 million mark. So for me, it's it's been a great journey for where we're at. And I'm still s- like super, super hungry and very motivated knowing the potential that we have and just feeling that it's really untapped and that we've been continuing to strive to get better and so that's that's what I'm most excited about i think the biggest wins are just those just continuing to get better right and starting to find those things that are going to take us to the next level and a lot of that has been through relationships and um and those relationships opening other doors and all those kind of things
1: that's awesome. Thank you for sharing. Now, um, uh, if you want to share, uh, again, it's up to you, your contact information with the audience. Folks wanted to chat with you. I'm not sure uh, exactly, maybe learn from you, maybe invest with you, maybe work with you. If folks wanted to reach out, how would they reach out to Dean?
0: Yeah. So if you guys want to uh, reach out to me, you can go to deanrogers.com. There's a little tab there for contact. You'll see all my social media stuff in there. Um, which you know, for Instagrams at Dean Rogers Real Estate for YouTube, it's YouTube forward slash Dean Rogers. Um, and you can reach out to me on on Facebook as well. But if you guys go, go to deanrogers.com, you'll see all my contact information in there. I do have a coaching program. Like if you wanted to build a business, uh, you could apply in there and uh, and learn more about the coaching program too. But I just love talking about real estate, super passionate about it. So if you guys want to connect with somebody else that's in the business and and pushing and driving uh please feel free to reach out
1: thank you dean for sharing and good luck in your journey uh, take you to the next level yes sir
0: thanks for having me thank you for listening to the big mike fun podcast to receive your copy of mike's how to choose a smart real estate fund book head to bigmikefund.com or visit amazon and type Mike's slot name keep listening and keep investing big mike style